Welcome and you are listening to another episode of keepthechange.co.nz's Money Mail. A very, very interesting and unique lesson for you this week. Not necessarily massively financial, but some financial elements to it. And I want to take you through the event that I've mentioned in the last couple of podcasts and some of the lessons that I have learnt throughout putting that event on for the last five years. I just want to address the objections that will come because there'll be some people that are like, I don't like horse racing. Uh, There's an animal cruelty side of it. That's okay. Uh, I I hear you, and I'm not here to try and convince you that you should like horse racing. This is about some lessons that you might be able to take and put into other areas of your life if you can look through the piece of your world that you say you don't like this. Now, same if you don't like gambling, because there is a gambling element to this as well. You might say, well, why are you teaching people about money if you're encouraging people to gamble? Just like anything... I'm looking at a hat that's got an alcohol logo on it. All of these things are great if we're in control of them. They're not good if we're not in control of them. Why are we allowing people to have credit cards? Great for most people, not good for some people. Why do we let people have buy now, pay later? Great for some people, not very good for other people. So everything in the hands of the wrong person is dangerous and that will be my address of the ejection that I know that I will get. I've already had an email back from this morning saying, disgusting. Um, encouraging or trying to sell your gambling thing via giving financial advice well yeah okay good stuff mate do you think I'm going to write for 18 months to try and help people learn more about their finances and my ultimate sellers do you want to get into my punters club that was two weekends ago that is no longer open but anyway I just wanted to address that because I know that there's some people that you know that will think like that and that's fine I've put that into the bottom of this email remember that if there are people you don't like in the world If there are things that you don't like, maybe you're massively into helping prevent climate change, but somebody isn't. That doesn't mean that that person that doesn't or isn't into the things that you're into can't teach you something or can't be a teacher. Do not be so shallow and narrow-minded that whenever something offends you, that you can't listen and figure out where their point of view may be coming from because otherwise you're going to go further and further down your own rabbit hole and not necessarily learn things from different angles. Now, there's a great saying, and it goes something like, offence is taken, it is not given. So remember, if you're offended, then you need to figure out, okay, is that on me, or is that on the other person? Because most of the time, if you're offended, the person who is offending you doesn't care, and they're carrying on with their life doing their thing. So be very, very careful when you use or start to feel offended because there's a high chance that you're the only person that is in control of that offence. Now, with that sermon given to you, the title of this week's lesson was I gambled $660,000 of people's money with the shocking face emoji. Now this was obviously the balance of the punters club that we had last week and For those of you who don't know what a punters club is, it is basically a pool of money where people contribute and 65% of people only put in under $50. So it's not like people are betting or giving us all their money being like, can you gamble this and turn it into heaps of money? They're basically joining it with the spirit of having a bit of fun and being involved in something much like people do on a Saturday with Lotto, but we all turn a blind eye to the billion dollars of Lotto tickets that are sold every year and that's completely okay. But when it comes to other forms of gambling, people don't necessarily like it. So we had $660,000 of people from all over New Zealand uh, involved in this. 
And I wanted to share with you some of the open, more, more open-minded people like yourselves, uh, what you may be able to learn from this and what I might be able to pass on from some of the things that I notice. So if you haven't bummed into my passion project, Boys Get Paid, you may find the subject line very confusing. How could I gamble $660,000 of people's money? Well, to bring you up to speed, I'm part of a Facebook group that started as five friends who needed a way to chat and enjoy our hobby of horse racing. We started a Facebook group before there was Facebook Messenger, and we could basically chat to each other in the group. Started as five mates uh, 10 years ago, and coming up 11 years this year. So now, ladies, before I lose you too, it's just a brand name, and it's a saying. We'd go to the races, and or we'd be sitting around having a beer and having a bet, and if we won, we would say, and the boys get paid. So it was a bit of a saying, and that's what we called the Facebook group. The brand, well, the Facebook group then blew up, and everyone's going like, is this only for girl or for boys? You know, you're, you're not allowing girls in here. I'm like, that's completely not true. Like, look at the group. Um, there were plenty of females in it. So people will see what they want to see. So there's probably a lesson for you there as well. Remember that people will always see what they want to see, not necessarily what the truth is. Now, today... The group is over 21,500 people strong, and two Saturdays ago, we hosted an event on course at a race course for 850 people. Now, there were plenty of ladies that joined us on the day, and plenty of ladies in the punters club as well. But I'm going to be honest with you, it's not necessarily like going down to the pub. Uh, that demographic is mostly blokes. It's way in excess of what ladies would do. If I go down to a yoga class, guess what? It's the other way. So you can't force people to do things they don't want to do. So I don't go into a yoga Facebook group and be like, oh, you know, this is ridiculous. 80% of this group's females. Like, you clearly hate men. Um, so it's weird how people come to these conclusions in their heads based on things that they're trying to see, probably with a lens on the world that they've been impacted for in some way. So be careful the way that you start to see some of those things or maybe how some of your friends talk and just go, do I need to get involved in this? Does it really matter? Now, we also run on the day what's called a punters club where people pull, where we pull everyone's money and bet it on behalf of everyone on the night. We had over 7,500 people deposit money from all over the country and we even had a few Aussies. So I think we had about 100 Australians enter as well. So not, not a huge amount, but uh, it was set up in New Zealand for New Zealanders and people could enter via the TAB, which is our monopoly administered betting agency where people could put some money in. So of course we were going to have a huge New Zealand audience in plus the race meets in New Zealand. So this was our fifth year of doing this, and we wanted to set a target of a pool of $500,000. Well, we ended up with $600,000 by the time the betting pool closed. I wanted to share with you a few of the things that I learned from this journey. Now, firstly, when I quit my job, I told my employer I wasn't sure how I was going to make it work, but I knew I owed it to myself to chase my potential and just try things. I distinctly remember sitting in my job in the room of the boss, and I may have told you this story on the podcast previously, where I said, look, I need to quit. There are things that I need to go and do and need to have a crack at, but I just don't, I can't do them sitting here working for you. And I wasn't a 40-hour-a-week sort of guy. I was going in on Saturdays. I was going in on Sundays. I was there at 6 in the morning. I was leaving at 7 o'clock at night. Like I'd treat my employer like as if that was my own business. So I wasn't just a nine to five clock in clock out type bloke. I was dedicating my lives to the my life to these people, and I realized that I can't go and try some of these things if I'm I'm in this desk for sixty hours of the week. So I said, "You got to let the peacock fly." I think is the phrase, and I likened it to jumping off a building and knowing that the parachute will open 
you just don't know when it's going to open. And I knew that I had potential to chase, and I knew that my parachute would open. I just had no fucking idea when or how long I was going to be in free fall for. So I said to them that I basically likened it to jumping off a tall building, and although I didn't know when, I knew my parachute would open before I hit the ground. And as long as it opened before I hit the ground, I knew I was going to be a pretty good chance that I could make my life work. Now last Saturday, this event generated more revenue than my entire entire year's salary and the job that I left. The impact I've had is no doubt far greater too. The beauty is that this is my outlet and my passion project on the side of my now 9 to 5. If a nine to thing is even a sa- nine to five is even a saying anymore, so what I'm saying there is this event alone, the revenue generated from this event, and I don't necessarily get all of it, but this event has revenue in excess of my entire year's work that I was doing at the job that I quit. So fast forward five years, five years, and I've been able to replace an entire year's salary via an event that is hosted once a year. Now, we don't just turn up on the day and go like, click our fingers, the event happens. There's five years of work that's gone into getting it to that point. But what I want you to understand is that, you know, I don't know who needs to hear this or read this right now, but you need to back yourself. If you know you've got it in you, that you want to have a crack and that you want to chase your potential and that you're sick of not chasing your potential because you are capable of so much more than you realize. You just need to get started. The danger of having a job is that we look at it and we go, my job takes me 12 months to earn 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, whatever it is that you make, right? And you think, well, that's a year's work to make 40 grand. So you start to think that that's what it takes to earn those sums of money. But it's not true. What is true is that you get rewarded financially for the value you add to the marketplace. So for me, fast forward five years with this event, I've added enough value to the marketplace where 850 people say, yep, I want to come and I want to pay $120 to come and I get a couple of beers for that and I get some food and I get to be part of this room and there's prizes and there's all these other things going on in the room and then I've got one, two, three sponsors who I've said, hey, would you like to sponsor this event? Do you think I know how to propose some sponsorship when I started this event? Of course no. I still get nervous to send those texts and emails and think, Shit, I hope they say yes this year, but they say yes. And so I have three sponsors who pay an invoice to sponsor the event and they help bring more value to the ticket. And there are other little ways that we can to bolt on some revenue as well. But these things happen because we're adding value. So do not confuse a time period with an amount of money that you get paid. You actually get paid for the value you bring to an environment. So if you get paid 40 grand a year, Your employer is actually telling you, look, the value you bring to this business is $40,000. That doesn't mean that that's actually what you're worth. That is the value you're bringing to that person. Now, the beauty for people that go out and go into business or they change their roles or they figure out, hey, I'm in an industry where I'm not giving as much value as I could be. I might go and be a full-time gardener and I'm fucking good at that. So I'm going to charge heaps for it. And all of a sudden, in 12 months' time, they get paid 80000 and they think, well, hang on, I thought it took a year to make forty. I've just halved the time that it makes to make, t- takes to make eighty grand because I've got paid $80,000 this year. Now, all that's changed is the value you're bringing to the marketplace. So don't be fooled into the trap of thinking that the length of time equals the amount of money that you receive. And I'm trying to reinforce for, here, for you here that 
you're potentially capable of so much more than you realize. It's just that you haven't started on your journey to figure out where your value is or what it is or how you can bring value to the marketplace. Please, by no means am I suggesting everyone quit their job and go and try and run an event and build it up over five years and you know do what I've said here. But it's just a lesson there that we're not often told how powerful we are, how much we can achieve, how much we could do, what we're capable of, that, hey, you know, do you think if you changed industries or you changed job types, you could actually add a shitload more value uh, value to the world? Hey, you're really good at massage. Maybe you should specialize in that and actually go and do that and you could have a completely different career path. Like what things are you good at? And we've spoken about some of those things before, but I just want to tell you that you're capable of so much more than you realize because I could feel it when I was sitting in my job and sitting in that, that seat but I had to trust myself and I had to trust the process and I had to jump from that building and assume and expect that that parachute would open before I hit the ground and it has. So put your head down and grind for five years and see where you land. The parachute will open. I had this exact conversation with a business owner today who's looking at basically what they're going to be doing for the next five to ten years and the direction they were looking, I said, look, I'm going to get off the fence for you here and I'm going to say, I don't think you should go down that path. I think you need to figure out what path you need to be going down you just don't know what that is yet so you need to put some thinking into that and I know that's scary but you need to try some shit and because I'd written this it was all very front of mind for me and my thinking was probably a little bit biased towards it but I genuinely think from my gut feeling with the situation for this bloke was that he was about to choose the wrong path that's going to take him down uh, the, the path he doesn't need to be going down for the next five years and you know that's a, a substantial amount of time, but it's also an amount of time that goes very quickly when you're working on something that you do want to be working on. And thinking about your life in five and ten year blocks is, is a lot different to thinking about your life in one year blocks. So you get to forecast 12 months ahead and you go, well, I'm going to earn X amount, I should be able to save X amount. You kind of know where you're going to land in a, in a year's time. That's almost too easy and it's limiting. So you want to think, where do I want to go in five years? What does my life want to look like? What do I want my life to look like at the end of that five years? What about at the end of that 10 years? So think about things sometimes from a different angle, from a bit further, you know, five, 10 years, and see what, what things you can picture in your future. Now, there is a video, if you'd want to watch that, of the five years that we put out for this event leading in, basically going back through saying, this is how many people we had in year one, two, three, four, and then we were hyping people up to come along for year five and predicting what it was going to look like. So if you want to watch that, you can go into the blog, get that link, and rip into it. Now secondly, you need to figure out you need to figure it out as you go. I think this is the number one thing that stops people from starting is that they think they have to have all the answers before they start. And it's not true. I've seen so many successful people and so many successful business owners and they'll tell you I was just winging it. I was just having to figure it out as I went because once you get started, you encounter a thousand problems you didn't even know that you were going to have. And if you knew that you were going to encounter those problems, high chance you wouldn't have even had a crack. So you need to commit to figuring it out as you go. Do you think that I knew everything I needed to know five years ago? Of course not. I simply got started and then kept figuring things out as I went, getting around the right people and trying to make small improvements. I didn't know how to run a good event. How could I? I studied accounting, probably close to being rated the most boring profession. Some people told me that it was the best weekend of their life. Now Google and YouTube are your friends and sometimes I will Google things like how to host an epic event. I literally did this about a month out from the this event I googled like how do you host an amazing event and I just wanted to see what had 
hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube. And I thought, I wonder if there's anything in here, any gems that I could be missing, any lessons that I don't know. So remember that people are doing these things all around the world and you're not on your own. Perhaps you are in your friendship circles, but there is advice and there is help everywhere you look. And you will find if you go down a path in New Zealand that people really want to see you succeed as well. There's a big tall poppy syndrome, but if you're having a crack at something and you're really genuine about it and you're not half-assing it and you're like, fuck, I've got, I've thrown all my chips in here and I need to make this work, you'll find that people that understand business and understand that game are like, right, I need to help you and I need to introduce you to the right people and I need to get you around the right people and I need to start pointing you towards where uh, perhaps you need to go. So remember that, that Google and YouTube are your friends and sometimes you know it's okay to Google those things and our access to smart people has never been better. So you don't need all of the answers at the start. You just need to commit to finding them as you go. Now thirdly, if you're ever in a leadership role, now here's a hint for you, we are all leaders. You might not call yourself a leader, but I will, because you'll always be leading someone because there's always somebody who's going to be looking to you for leadership, whether that is what to do when there's a fire alarm, whether it's your children looking at you going, that's my leader. You know, So do not ever roll around thinking that you're not a leader. If that's not your thing, well... You have to embrace it to a certain degree and go, you know what, I am a leader and I will find ways to lead people when they need me. So what I suggest is that you lead with your personality. That makes it a lot more comfortable. When people get into leadership roles and they try to be someone they're not, it never ends well. And leading by being authentic and being genuine and being by being yourself, you know, that is, in my opinion, a great way to be a leader. So be yourself and show up as yourself everywhere you go. Authenticity, authenticity can't be beaten. You would know that I love a swear word. Fuck do I love a swear word. And sometimes I think, and I've been told, you know, Luke, you would have way bigger audience. You would be so much more professional. You would be taken so much more seriously if you just swore less. And I think, do you know what? I'd probably be an asshole that I didn't even like if I was like that because that's not who I am. And yes, I might swear at times, but it's because I just get excited and it's part of my vocab and I try and use it as a way to bring more energy to a situation. Yes, I can dial it up and dial it down. But when I know that I don't have to, uh, I've usually just, it just comes out. And part of that is for me, I'm just being authentic to who I am. Now, I got a message last night from someone saying, I just want to thank you for always being so authentic and genuine on your social media, because it encourages me and inspires me to realize that I can just be myself. And uh, you know, I've never had a message like that. You know, People have said similar things, but now, that's a, a message that you play and you think, wow, just by showing up and being myself and leading with your own genuineness and authenticity, people are getting something out of that. So don't try and cope, complicate leadership. Don't try and pretend that you're somebody else in your videos if you're making them or if you're typing things or if you're posting things. Um, just show up and be yourself, especially if you're posting on LinkedIn, for instance. People will always say, I know this is pretty personal, but I thought I'd post it anyway. Fuck. People are humans. We want to see that. We want to see that you've run a half marathon or that you've achieved things or that you've got a certificate. You know, that's personal and great to you. Good on you. People like that stuff. Um, you know, that's authenticity and that's why some of those posts and things go go nuts on social media because people are really proud for you and they think, great, I can get in behind that. That's very genuine. How can you show up and be authentic, uh, authentic and, and genuine in whatever it is that you're doing and you might not consider yourself a leader, but you're always leading in some way, shape, or form because someone is looking up to you. Now, finally, here, well, maybe they're not looking up to you, but maybe they're just looking to you for guidance. So, you know, never say that you're not a leader. I just don't think, what, you know, what good comes of that? 
It's all good to be a leader. Just be yourself. That's what leadership is. Now, finally, here are some of the things I've learned that I can bullet point for you. If you give people a goal and speak it out loud, they will want to help you achieve it. Now, we set a goal to have $500,000 in the Pundits Club. For context, we'd had 178000 in a previous Karaka Million. We'd done a Pundits Club earlier in lockdown and raised 286. Shouldn't really say raise because it sort of makes it sound like we're fundraising, but uh, we'd pulled together 286,000. So we set the goal that we wanted 500k, and that was almost double what we'd ever done before. So we knew we had work to do, but because we spoke out the goal and we told everyone about it, everyone wanted to get in behind it, and people started helping us pull it together. Now, I spoke in length about some of these things in another podcast that I did for Next Advisory, my accounting practice, and that's on Spotify if you want to search for that. It's an hour long, and it goes deeper to some of the other things. If you're maybe business-minded, or you're thinking about hosting an event, or you're trying to figure out how to get people's attention, or how to include people, or build up a membership, or um, step up in your community, all those types of things, there's going to be some lessons in there that you will like, but I talk more about what happened for us to get to that 500,000. But the next one is logic is smarter to rely on than emotion. Now just because you want something to happen doesn't mean it will. Now this is specifically important when you are gambling because just because you want six lotter numbers doesn't mean that you will get them. The logic suggests that you're a chance of one out of however many hundreds of millions for that to happen. Now it's the same thing for a horse race for instance, you might think well I wish that that thing will win and I want it to but that doesn't necessarily mean that on paper statistically that that's the most likely outcome. So logic is often smarter than, well is always better than emotion, I wouldn't say always but often better to lean on in those types of situations Um, but that's not to say that you know not trusting your gut sometimes isn't uh, equally a good strategy but you know, logic is a smart thing to rely on in high-pressure situations. Now, also, everyone will have an opinion. You need to get comfortable with your own opinion. Don't forget to ask yourself for the answer too. A lot of us, when we get stuck, we like to ask everybody, what would you do? What do you think? Hey, what do you think about this? What about asking yourself? What about asking yourself? Hey, what do I think about this? Have some time of yourself to figure out what you think. It's all good to have an opinion. It's all good to have some things to back up that opinion as well. So don't get caught asking everybody else. Learn to trust yourself and start to build some confidence in your own decision-making frameworks. Now these things take a team effort and you don't need to do it all yourself. I've been guilty previously of thinking I need to do all this, but I've learned that as I've pulled in more partners and people to help me with these things, they've been even better and they've been more rewarding for me to see that I'm not the one having to answer every question and do all these types of things as well. So no matter what you do, someone will always hate you and try to bring you down. Uh, Cue the email that I received earlier. That's another example of it. Where I just knew that there would be somebody that's like, all right, well, I'm done with Keep the Change now because you're into gambling and horse racing. So that's them. That's their learning from Keep the Change done. And that's ultimately their decision. But I used to get really upset about that and I want everyone to like me, but it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Look at our politicians. Which one do you want to pick? There's people that love them and there's people that hate them. Now hate is such a shitty word that we get to throw around so easily now and be like, I hate that person. And I think we need to start taking it out of our vocabulary because I don't think, well I don't remember where it became an appropriate time to start saying that you hate someone. That is very hurtful and it's pretty some deep shit. So, you know, maybe if we see our mates saying, oh yeah, oh I hate that guy. 
you know, that I hate that influencer or whatever. It's like, what? Like, you hate them. You don't even know them. What do you mean you hate them? So maybe watch out for the word hate and call some of your mates back into line or call yourself into line and go, why am I using that word? Like, how, how did that creep in? Um, go and ask your grandparents, like, hey, how often do you use the word hate? You'd probably be surprised. They'd probably go, what are you talking about? It's a very, very weird word that seems to have just been um, put into our vocabulary for interchanged for something like dislike or not interested. Well, newsflash, like, if you hate an influencer, stop following them. Um, don't look at their stuff, but you don't need to hate them. They're just living their life doing their thing. So, you know, if you're getting triggered by that to the point where you think you hate them, then there could be something going on. Anyway, that wasn't even one of the, the key lessons, but we sort of got into that, didn't we? But there's always going to be people that don't like the things you do. There was a guy rolling around at our event with BGP sucks. And that's just that that's just that mindset of some people as they see big things or things doing well and they think, man, I'm really gutted that I haven't achieved my potential and done some things that would have been really grateful for, or would have been great for me to do. So you know what I'll do? I might start bringing down other people because that'll make me feel better. Oh, that snowboarder that just won that gold. Oh, he's shit. Oh, I hate him. Oh, I could have done better than that. No, you couldn't. Otherwise, you'd be doing it. So there's always going to be those people and they just haven't figured out how to think like you think and how dangerous and dead end that thinking is and that's all good just don't let it get to you too much just roll on past it and go yep you know what I knew that when I started this I was going to cop some of this stuff now seek feedback on ideas and improvements you never know who has the next great idea often we're going out to our community saying what else would you like to see what would you like to see on this day how could it be better I sent everyone a feedback form after the event what was good about the event what wasn't so good? What other feedback do you have? It's a way for me to be able to learn. Feedback is good. We've been taught that we should be scared of feedback. Feedback is a chance for you to learn, a chance for you to grow. The more you seek feedback, growth-minded people around you will love it because they will go, wow, this person's hungry. They want to know how they can improve. Kiwis, we're so shit scared of seeking any feedback because we might hear something we don't want to hear. Well, who cares? Hear it, learn from it, grow from it, change whatever you need to change and move on. But that's obviously not necessarily how everybody thinks. They think, oh, if I get some feedback, I might realise that I'm not very good at this job. Well, wouldn't you want to know that? And wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to get better? So seek feedback, feedback, feedback from whatever you're doing and use it as fuel for you to be able to improve. Just look at it with a positive lens and no longer do you look at it from a negative lens. We've, you know, a lot of people are very defensive people and they probably haven't been learnt. They haven't learnt to take feedback haven't been taught, is what I was trying to say. Shit, there's a lot going on in this podcast, isn't there? Um, I'm rushing a little bit because I actually have to get on the road and get out to the airport. So I wanted to get this done before I go. So uh, hence the speed at which I'm speaking to try and cram all of this in. But forgive me, please. Um, but a lot of people perhaps haven't been taught that they need to seek feedback and not be so defensive about it. And unfortunately, if you're defensive about feedback, there's a high chance that you... Don't give other people feedback as well because you won't like the conflict on the other side or you won't like if they come back at you and say, well, actually, X, Y, Z, and you might get stuck. So just flip the whole lens on feedback and go, the only thing that I think about feedback now is it is a positive, there's a way for me to be able to grow. Finally, partner with people, brands, and businesses. Aim to develop, deliver value to these people. 
So if you do get sponsors and you get other people that are wanting to do things with you, then aim to deliver value so that they actually really value what you've done for them because like I said earlier, you get rewarded for the value that you bring to the marketplace. Now this was something a little left field for you this week, but hopefully you can take a lesson from here and implement something into your life with these things you're, with the things that you're currently working on in your life. Now, I recorded a podcast for Next Advisory Podcast listeners with an hour of tactics I implemented to help pull this event off. That might interest you. You can go listen to a deeper dive into some of these things as well. And remember that if you don't get into things like gambling or horses, like that's completely fine. I'm not saying that that's what you need to do. I'm just saying that well done that you can listen to someone talk for half an hour and it's about a topic that you're not overly that interested in or you might think, well, actually, I'm, I'm kind of against a couple of those things. So remember that if we stay cautiously curious, we can learn more than if we go, nope, I'm only going to learn from X, Y, Z people because what you'll find is that eventually every single person that you look up to and that you want to learn from will let you down because there will be something that they do or teach or participate in that you don't like. So well done for reading this whole thing or listening to this whole thing and remaining open-minded when things don't necessarily interest you. Now, if gambling is a problem for you or someone you know, you're not alone. You're not alone. New Zealand has some of the best support services for people who do struggle with gambling. So put your hand up for help and seek that help because there are a number of outstanding resources. Have an outstanding long weekend, Waitangi weekend this weekend. I'm off down to Mount Maunganui for a couple of days break. Take care out there. You are one of 5,193 5, recipients. Is there someone that you could forward this to? Could you put it on your social media, for instance, for someone to listen to? If you find these lessons helpful, I'd love you to share them to help them end up in front of more people so that people can learn more about finances and improving their life. Now, did you know we didn't lose anyone's money? I didn't even get to that, did I? We actually made a 27% profit, so everyone had a huge evening full of entertainment and made a few dollars. We even had politicians visit the room too. Uh, David Seymour and his party deputy rolled into the room. Uh, Christopher Luxon was downstairs. Someone put a BGP badge on him. He didn't venture up and say hello. Uh, didn't see any of the Labour crew. We've had Winston Peters previously. Uh, Grant Robertson's been at the event. It didn't come to our room, so uh, he didn't come and make himself known, which was a shame, but I'm sure we'll get to meet him at some stage as well. Thankless task to the old politicians, but um, good to see some of them rolling around figuring out what people were doing on their Saturday in Auckland on that day. Now, we uh, got everyone a 27% return, so that means if people put in their dollar, they got a dollar twenty-seven back, or they put in $100 and they got $127 back. So uh, always good not to lose anyone's money and to give everyone a profit and uh, a huge night and heaps and heaps of fun Again, like this bloke's messaged me whinging about how I'm selling my gambling thing here. I'm not, I don't want you to get involved in it if it's not your thing. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to give you some lessons about the things that I've learned from building an event from absolute scratch towards 850 people in person and 7,500 people online electronically. It's a fairly sizable amount of people and something I'm proud of and something that I've learned a lot from and been able to pass on those lessons. That's what I've wanted to do for you today. I hope that there was something in there that you could take away from this. Like I said, if you would like to go into the deeper version, there is a next advisory podcast for an hour about it too. As always, thanks for listening. I've already drafted next week's Keep the Change for You 
and I've got another couple of ideas about some things to write about too. So we've got some really good lessons to come. Next week we're going to be looking at transport costs a little bit and you would have seen something I put on Instagram if you follow the Instagram account around that and some potential solutions for you to be thinking about and where uh, those gains could be made when it comes to budgeting and looking at the total cost of things in your salary. So some good stuff coming up. As always, keep your learning going and keep your money on your mind. You should have done your end of financial month, your financial position, and done your balance sheet. I've written about that too in a couple of weeks' time. I got absolutely slammed in January. Wasn't good reading, wasn't good reading at all because the markets have copped an absolute hiding. But we play a long game, don't we? We like to play a long game when we're investing. So we're going to be talking about that coming up as well. You keep looking after yourselves, keep looking after those people around you and continue to learn and I will see you next week. In the meantime, put something on your social media for me. I'd really appreciate that even if you just share this podcast to your Instagram story or perhaps give us a five-star review. Over and out, I'm off to the mount. See ya.